Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of Network Collective. Our industry often throws terms like simplicity and complexity around when we talk about network technologies and design. But do we really understand what they mean or the implications of each when applied to the work that we do? In this episode, I'm going to share my thoughts on these terms, try to build some accuracy around that terminology, and share some experiences about how these approaches have real-life implications. We'll cover all of this right after the break. So before diving into today's content, I want to take just a minute or two to talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff here at Network Collective. As many of you know, my primary job consists of working as a technical architect at Core BTS. While I love that job at Core, I've been absolutely buried in a project that makes Murphy's Law look like a pleasant weekend on a Caribbean beach. It's dominated all of my time for a few months now, both professional and personal, in a way that I've never experienced before. And it's been far from ideal, as I've been trying to orchestrate some of the transitions that are needed here at Network Collective. It's made our production calendar a little more spawny than I would prefer and leaves me recording this episode without any guests because there simply was no way to coordinate schedules when mine has been so dominated by this one overarching and never-ending force. I'm not a fan of excuses, so please consider this a bit of an apology. I'm working diligently to keep Network Collective moving forward, but I also do enjoy putting food on the table for my family, and when time is constrained, unfortunately, it's the podcast that needs to bend. That being said, I'm excited about some of the shows we are lining up, and I honestly feel like we're on the back end of what has been an absolutely crazy season for me. So thanks for sticking with me as I sort out all the mess, and I have full confidence that Network Collective will be better than ever moving forward. So, I think that's enough of a peek behind the curtain. So let's get to the content that you're really here for. So we talk a lot about these terms, uh, specifically simplicity and complexity. But I don't feel like they're very well defined or that we use them very accurately. Maybe more specifically, I know I haven't been using them accurately and I'm working on changing that moving forward. There are a couple of things that have really started to churn these thoughts for me though. And the first was a book that I read recently. Now, it's a popular book. It's called Team of Teams, New Rules of Engagement for a Complex World. It's written by General Stanley McChrystal. There's a few other contributors on the book. Um, It's a wildly successful book that talks about both leadership and team building. If you haven't heard of it and that's that's your thing, I would highly recommend reading the book. It's definitely worth your time. But the reason the book in this context is because the authors in it bring up the difference between complication and complexity. Now, these are terms that I've unfortunately used pretty much interchangeably, but there are subtle differences that have a big impact. Now, we'll talk about their definitions as we go along, but I think recognizing this differentiation is something that's impacted the way I approach design and is probably the primary reason why I'm compelled to share this content now. Now, the other thing that keeps coming up for me is how this industry uses simplicity as a selling tactic. You probably have seen, I mean, just in the last few days, I'm sure you've seen an ad that pitches a networking product or technology as something that will simplify operation of your network. If you haven't, I want to know where you're living. Um, Also, if you've been listening to the show for any time, you probably already know that this is a bit of a soapbox for mine. So I'll do my best not to get on it and preach too much today. But it plays an important part. Um, in this discussion, and I think it's important as a contrast both complication and complexity. We'll talk more about this later, but there definitely is a reason why they do this, and it's because it works. So let's explore these uh, these words, these terms in a little more detail, and specifically how they how they impact the way they they should the way you should think about design. And I want to start with simplicity, as I feel that everything kind of 
builds from here. But rather than just defining it, I want to use an example kind of throughout the conversation that demonstrates, demonstrates each step. And that example that we'll be using today is, is a pretty simple one. It's about user authentication for logging into devices. It's something that many people who manage network devices should be familiar with, and that's why I've, I've chosen it. Now, let's take a look at a simple set of requirements, right? You're tasked with the idea that you need to protect access to some boxes on your network. There needs to be a username and there needs to be a password. And this is the only real requirement is that someone who isn't authorized to make changes isn't able to make changes. And now this is a really simple set of requirements. And in your never ending wisdom, you recognize that simplicity is a desirable trait. And so you want to pursue the simplest possible solution. And the simplest possible solution when it comes to network design, specifically around user authentication, is just to configure the username and password on the box. I mean, let's think about how this approach from, works from a design perspective. I mean, it's very straightforward. It's one line of configuration, and there's only three primary decision points. You have the username, which is a variable, but it's really loosely constrained. You can pick pretty much anything you want. You have the password. It's also a variable, but also very loosely constrained. Here, you can pick pretty much anything you want as well. And the last piece is a privilege level. And in you know the default for most devices, this is just two states. It's either privileged or non-privileged, or read versus write. Now, this is a relatively simple operation. You have three things you have to choose, and the variability in those choices isn't incredibly high. Um, it's something that you can configure intuitively, right? It's something configuring a local user is something that someone who doesn't do it a lot should be able to just kind of go on and maybe type uh, the commands with question marks and figure it out relatively easily. Even more importantly, this is something that you could explain to a non-experienced person, say maybe a help desk team member, and help them understand how to accomplish the task, how to validate if it's working or not, or how to fix a non-working configuration. Another characteristic here is it has no dependencies on outside services. So nothing externally can impact whether or not this local authentication works. It's also very predictable in its operation. It's easy to tell if it's configured correctly or not. And when configured correctly, it operates exactly as you expect it to. Right? So what are what are some of the what are some of the context or, or, or characteristics? We talked about some of them there, but I think there are some, some key ones that I think when we think about simple design, these are kind of the hallmarks. These are the things that matter. The first is that it's reliable. It works as you expect it to, and it doesn't really depend on anything internal. So dependencies are incredibly low. It is understandable, right? It is something, and you should think about how understandable a technology is based on how easy it is to explain to someone who is not experienced in technology, right? It has limited variability. The choices in it are, um, are few and far between, and where the variables do exist, they're really understood and, and quite simple to navigate. It's repeatable, so there's not a lot of variation from system to system. It's going to be the same task over and over. It's modular. We can take this and apply it everywhere. It's super consistent, so it's not like in one area it's applied one way and in another area it's applied differently. And then it solves a simple problem, and it solves it elegantly, albeit in a limited fashion, right? It's just, it's a solution. It solves and meets the requirements. 
So some characteristics, and, and when I think about simplicity, and when I think about uh, how it relates to network design, is I think it should always be the goal, right? So you should always be aiming for the simplest possible solution when possible. But the caveat here is the when possible part. Uh, and that's really, really important because simplicity often puts constraints on the robustness of a solution. It's going to limit what you can do. It's going to limit how resilient it is. And so it's it's really, I mean, so Russ Wright and his catchphrase, right? It works here just as it does in just about any design conversation. If you haven't found the trade-off, you haven't looked hard enough. Here, the trade-off is how limiting a simple design can be. Now we'll look at some of those downfalls in the next section, which is complication. And here is probably the best place to clear up the differentiation between complication and complexity. So complicated solutions, and, and this really again is where it kind of fell apart for me and I was using these words interchangeably and, and, and where the book kind of made this distinction and started making me think about it. So complicated solutions, they can be difficult to understand and difficult to implement but a skilled operator can predict the outcome of changes to the network. And uh, this is the key distinction. It is predictable, right? So a good example of a complicated technology is BGP. I mean, there are just a ton of bells and whistles and nerd knobs to turn, but someone reasonably experienced with it will understand how it will respond to something like a new route advertisement or a loss of an available path or a neighbor becoming unreachable. Uh, so BGP, I don't think anyone's going to argue with you and say that BGP isn't a complicated technology. It is. But it's not necessarily a complex one. Because when, again, when we look at complexity, it's that next step beyond complicated. It's when there is so much variability in the solution that no reasonably, reasonably experienced engineer can really predict the outcome to changes in the network. Now, an excellent example of complexity is the law of leaky abstraction or unintended consequences. Again, Ross has talked about this quite a bit in depth on previous short takes, so I won't belabor them here, but you should definitely go find them on our site and watch them if you haven't yet. Um, but from a very, very simple high-level explanation, leaky abstractions happen when one technology is indirectly impacted, is indir indirectly impacted by another technology uh, when they really should be separate. This commonly happens in, in things like overlays, which by their nature should be independent of their underlays, but can often be impacted by design decisions and changes that happen in that underlay layer. So complexity is something um, that really the best response that you can expect is to react to it because there's no way to really predict, you know, what the outcome is going to be ahead of an unexpected change, right? But complication is something that you should be able to predict and plan for. There's another reality that needs to be mentioned here, uh, maybe twice, maybe three times. And that is complicated problems most often require complicated solutions. So let's, with that in mind, let's take a look at our example before, right? So we had a very simple set of requirements, but now, now the company has realized the error of their ways. They've come back and they've asked for some more features in the solution because they recognize that there's some downfalls to what happened. And so the new requirements is the new solution has to be easier to manage. So they found out along the way that if you have 150 devices on your network, manually managing user accounts across hundreds of devices is something that's error prone and time consuming, right? Also, the solution needs to be centralized. 
So changes can happen instantaneously across all devices. It wasn't working to start a password change and be several hours later and still implementing that password change while administrators in the meantime had to log into devices and not know which password they're supposed to be using because the change took so long to take effect, right? So centralization has to happen. But all the previous requirements still remain. It still needs to be simple to manage because we still want our help desk doing it. It still has to be reliable. It still has to be repeatable. It still has to be modular. And it has to solve all these requirements. Right? So this requires a redesign. So we need a new approach as we can't meet these new demands with our previous simple solution. So what do we need to do? Well, I think, you know, most of us will recognize we need to implement a centralized authentication platform. These are super common. We understand what they do and how they work in networks, right? But let's talk a bit about what they do because I think that it matters because I think we forget just how much goes into it, right? That central authentication platform, it needs to be robust. It can't be single threaded because if it is, all devices are depending on it. And if it goes away, people can't log into the, into, the, into the devices, right? So that means we need multiple instances. And if we have multiple instances, that means that we need to share the state between those instances, which creates an internal dependency within the platform itself. And so now we've introduced a dependency that didn't exist before. Our first solution had no dependency on external stuff at all. Now we're not even talking about the the interaction between the device and the central platform we're talking just within the central platform itself we need dependency because we need to share state right then it also needs to know how to talk to the devices requesting authentication right this needs to be considered in the design you can't just implement some sort of central auth you know device that doesn't work with all of your devices so there needs to be some planning here and it might introduce some constraints down the road so we have to think about what devices do we use today what devices may come in the future um and make sure that we have a, a solution that will work for, for not only our needs today, but, but, but things coming up. The whole process needs to remain simple, though. So we can't add complexity to the end user. So that complexity really still has to be abstracted and kind of built into the infrastructure. And when you think about it, the end user will likely still be configuring uh, user accounts in, in yet another third-party tool like Active Directory. So the central authentication platform needs to understand how to talk to that, too. So now we've kind of got this three-way communication going on where we have device to authentication platform to central identity repository, right? And now mapping needs to be done between these things so that the device recognizes the response from the authentication server and the authentication server can speak to the identity platform and that those things match all the way through. Right, and then we have to plan for eventual failure. Even though we've built robustness into, this, into the scenario, we also have to plan for the idea that this is likely to fail. So we have to build a backup authentication method into the device in case the central authentication server is not available. So you can see we've added considerable complication to the platform. It's still definitely not the most complicated solution that probably anybody who's listening to this podcast has seen. But when we look in, in contrast between solution one and solution two, there's a lot that's different about it. We've added way more variables than before. We have mappings between systems. We have dependencies that we didn't exist before uh, with links between systems and links within the systems themselves. But while this platform, without a doubt, is more complicated, and would certainly require a more advanced administrator to set up, configure, and troubleshoot. Uh, 
its operation would remain predictable, both in optimal times and in failure situations. There is nothing here that is left to guessing so long as you have a competent administrator involved in the process. So with these two solutions in mind, which is better? I often hear, and I think this is the reason why I'm talking about this, is, is almost always the, the, the patent or, the, or the, the answer you hear most often is it's a simpler one. But I think it's clear that in this one, the complicated solution is a much better solution. It meets all the requirements, right? So uh, the simple solution wouldn't meet the business needs, which is, a, which is a big deal. It's far more efficient from an administrative perspective. And while we've built complication into the design of the infrastructure, the operation of the solution is no more difficult than it was previously. We're still making the same design or uh, variable decisions. We're just putting them in a different system. And honestly, and I think this is a key point, we've actually moved some of the complication from the first solution. So yes, think about it. We didn't talk about it, but there was a level of complication in the first solution that was kind of transparent when looking at it through a technology lens. And that was the process. The first solution required far more manual labor, and there was state that was maintained, but it was maintained by hand, which made it error-prone and time-consuming. The complicated solution solved that problem through centralization. So while the technical solution was more complicated, the overall business solution probably was a neutral shift in overall complication because of the idea that we were shifting uh, complication from a process to a technology. And this is an important distinction. You can't just look at complication through a technical lens. There is an operational and maintenance component that may be hidden from the technical view. Actively look for these when you're thinking about design. And I'm going to say it again because it needs to be said again. Complicated problems most often require complicated solutions. Complicated solutions do not mean that you have failed. They just means that you needed a more robust tool to solve the business problem. Simplicity isn't always better, especially when simple solutions don't meet the requirements of the business. And this is why we have so many technologies to solve problems. Requirements are different from organization to organization. Some can operate within the constraints of a simpler solution, and if they can do that, they should. But some need more robust solutions, and they shouldn't shy away from them just because they are harder to implement and maintain. The biggest caveat here is that you need competent people to manage complicated solutions. This is a problem though, right? Because the prevailing trend in IT is to reduce costs as much as possible. And simplicity is one of the ways you can do that. Unfortunately, there's no compensating trend in IT that has requirements becoming less complicated. In fact, the opposite is true. Our networks are becoming far more complicated. The requirements are changing into much more dramatic sets of requirements and the things that we're being asked to accomplish are far more complicated, right? But we're trying to meet those business needs typically with far fewer resources. And this is the key reason why simplification sells in the IT industry. It's nearly a universal pain point. And anything that can deliver simplicity while removing complexity is worth its weight in gold. Unfortunately, these products are just super rare. They're few and far between. We see a long string of products who promise both robust solutions while making everything simple. And what they end up doing is replacing the last generation of products to make that exact same promise. Let me, win, let me let you in on a little secret. The ones you are considering now, the ones making those promises today, they'll be replaced by other new products 
promising the same results a few years down the line. And you won't have a simpler network because guess what? Your requirements never changed. I'm going to say it one last time. Complicated problems often require complicated solutions. It's incredibly rare to find a solution that is both simple and meets complicated requirements. Now that leaves complexity. And I don't think complexity is a topic that we really need to spend a lot of time on because it's really simple. Complexity should be avoided at all costs. Like complication, complexity exists on a scale though, um, and it's deeply tied to the competence on your staff. Uh, what may be complex to an immature organization uh, may simply be complicated to an advanced one. So it requires some level of interpretation to understand whether a solution is simply complicated, simply complicated, that doesn't confuse things at all, whether a solution is complicated or if you're starting to stretch into complexity, right? But that being said, if you cannot reliably predict the outcome of events on your network, you are in too deep. And implementing unmanageable risk in an infrastructure, right, which ultimately just has to work. So again, complexity is this idea that there are so many variables that it's unmanageable by the people who operate it. And not unmanageable, but unpredictable. Uh, something in the network can happen that will, that, will, that will make a change occur that you didn't know was going to happen. And so this is the thing that you need to avoid. You need to avoid complexity. So let's try to like wrap it all up here. So what does it all mean? So while I find these de definitions useful, I'm definitely not saying that you have to agree with the exact delineations. I think that what's important is that you're considering simplicity, complication, and complexity in your design decisions. Every step away from simplicity should be done for a purpose and only done when a simpler option can't meet the requirements. And simplicity is mostly sourced from the application of technology, not the technology itself. It really comes from the idea that we're reducing or minimizing the requirements or constraints. Um, it doesn't actually come from the technology. So don't buy into the hype. When vendors tell you their product is going to make your network simpler to manage, these are the questions you, you need to ask. Is what are they really changing in your network that is making your requirements simpler? And if you can answer that question, there may be some truth in their claim. Right? The other thing is that you need to consider when you consider whether a product can, can really add simplicity to your network is how they're using abstraction. So abstraction, you know, you can tell if something is being abstracted. If it's something that you have to manage, like, you know, hands-on today, but in the product tomorrow, you don't have to. We're seeing this a lot in software-defined networks. We're seeing abstractions of a lot of technologies, right? And abstraction uh, can be a good thing or it can be a bad thing. So when we talk about abstraction, and if, if abstraction is the method that you get to simplicity, um, you really need to take a look at what's being abstracted, right? Because while it can provide simplicity, it only really works when the underlying technology is stable and repeatable. Um, I, I can't <laughs> express how difficult it is to troubleshoot a misbehaving abstracted technology. I mean, it is orders of magnitude more difficult than troubleshooting the same technologies when they aren't abstracted. Something also to keep in mind is that misbehaving abstractions are one of the most common sources of complexity, right? Because if you don't have eyes, ears, and hands on the technology that's happening and then it starts misbehaving, you're going to end up with unpredictable and unexpected results. So 
while abstraction in and of itself is not a bad thing, just be cautious about where it is and make sure you understand the the choices you're making there. Because while it may appear simpler on the outside, it only works if if the abstraction works each and every time, right? So <clears throat> moving on, introducing more choice or more options almost always means you are introducing more complication or complexity. Sometimes you have to limit those options or constrain designs in order to achieve simplicity. And complexity isn't necessarily the enemy. It has its place and is often required in modern networks. Complexity, however, is the enemy and should be avoided at all costs. Ultimately, you want to use the right tool for the job with a bias towards the simplest solution to meet the requirements. Now, if you've made it this far, it means you care about this topic. Either that or you really like listening to me, what I don't believe you. So let's let's just put it this way. I think it's fantastic, but I don't want the conversation to end here. I want to hear your thoughts about this episode and specifically this idea of how simplicity complication and complexity fits into network design. I want to know if you found a nugget that changed your perspective or conversely, I want to know if you vehemently disagree with everything I've said in today's episode. And I'm not just saying to that, please, please, please reach out and share your thoughts. I hope you have insight on something that I've left out and maybe then we can use that to record an addendum to this episode and provide even more value to network collective listeners. So the best way to start that conversation is on social media. I'm at BC Giordo on Twitter and the podcast brand account is at net collective PC either work perfectly fine uh, to reach me. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn and Facebook as Network Collective Podcast, or you can find my personal profiles by searching for my name, Jordan Martin. If social media isn't your thing, we have a contact form on our website, shoot us an email and that will keep the conversation going as, as well. Now, I say this before, we have lots of great content that we've recorded over the past couple of years. If you want to learn about the law of leaky abstraction or anything else networking focused, uh, you can head to thenetworkcollective.com and search all that your heart desires. So thanks for taking the time to listen today. I appreciate every moment that you lend to us, and I hope that you find it uh, a valuable way to engage and learn more about the craft of network engineering. So that's it for today, and I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.